From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Starting the conversation like Dr. Blackman had mentioned, uh, especially when you're concerned that you have uh, a price issue or that most commonly people are going to find the price of this particular medication too expensive, having all that data ahead of time and then front-loading those uh, concerns in, during the visit certainly makes things smoother down the road and just, you know, it's just a good part of the visit of and practicing medicine. That's Mike Jordan, MD, FAAP, President and CEO of East Lake Pediatrics, talking about crucial conversations providers can have with their patients about their medication needs. We'll hear more from Dr. Jordan in just a moment, along with expert panelist, Dr. Michael Blackman, Chief Medical Officer at Greenway Health, and Nicholas Chambers, SureScript's Senior Product Analyst. But first, a word from our sponsors. Spend more time doing what you love, caring for patients, and less time on clinical documentation. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient's story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care for increased efficiency and patient throughput. Visit nuance.com slash DAX on demand to see DAX in action and explore how DAX can transform your organization. Breast cancer will impact one in eight women. The best way to decrease mortality in breast cancer is early detection. Onsite Women's Health provides healthcare practices and providers with the ability to bring screening mammography in-house. Partnering with Onsite allows more women to keep up with their annual screening and gives anyone impacted by breast cancer a fighting chance. Learn more at onsitewomenshealth.com. Hello, everyone. This is Daniel Williams with MGMA. Uh, we have a panel discussion today. We're looking at everyday workflows matter, how medical practices take strides to improve medication adherence, staff efficiencies, and patient safety. Our expert panel is led by Mike Jordan, MD, FAAP President and CEO of East Lake Pediatrics, Dr. Michael Blackman, Chief Medical Officer at Greenway Health, and Nicholas Chambers, SureScript's Senior Product Analyst. Um, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on this panel. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Well, we'll get right to the questions in. Our first theme of this discussion is medication adherence. Our first question, I'm going to direct this to you, Dr. Blackman. From a prescriber's perspective, what type of medication benefit information has the most impact on the prescribing decision? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to, you know, it's often what you don't know. Um, because at the end of the day, the most important thing, if we're taking the time to think about a medication for a patient and write that medication for a patient, we're doing it for a reason and we want the patient to get it. 
So anything that we can learn that can remove unnecessary barriers um, can be helpful. So most importantly, from an ease perspective, is it on formulary? Are there, are there other options? Are there different cost options to sort of help make those judgments? Once you've started from, you know, here's what I want to do medically and the most appropriate thing medically, but there's not, but in most cases, it's not a single choice. Um, you're making a decision based on a variety of factors. Okay. Dr. Jordan, anything to add to that? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. You know, you know, always at the forefront of our mind will be, okay, what are we doing? Why are we writing this medication? And is it the right medication for what we're trying to achieve? And then after that, you have to see what are the other choices. If there is a hangup with the medication you want to use, what can you do in lieu of that medication? And how do you manage that when you're um, uh, thinking about what the um, patient has as far as insurance goes, or if they're self-pay or if they're Medicaid, and how can you achieve the results you need with the choices that you have that are sometimes limited based on their coverage? Okay. As we all know, cost is paramount here in that patient discussion. So I want to stay with you, Dr. Jordan, here. How often should the medication cost conversation come up in patient visits these days? Well, I think you have to be careful. Um, you know, you don't want to give the impression that, um, at least I don't want to say, well, I'm picking this because it's the cheapest. I want to make sure that the cost comes up uh, in the natural flow of the discussion. And um, when we, and it's something that I'm always kind of keeping in mind that you want to make sure you're using care uh, efficiently. Um, and so I think when it comes up uh, with a patient directly, sometimes it's, it's going to be more important when it's a self-pay patient versus someone who has um, Medicaid or something in there. Uh, they don't have to pay for the medications, but, you know, in that situation, um, you want to make sure that you have a global understanding of what the costs are and um, try and keep your costs as low as possible, as low as possible for um, the patient and the healthcare plan um, while achieving the goals that you need to achieve. Okay. Dr. Blackman, I want to ask you then, same question, but is there training within the staff? Are there certain staff who have the cause conversation? How do you direct that? So there's not redundancies, there's not conflicts as far as having those cost conversations with the patients. Yeah, no, and, and I want to add something to something that Dr. Jordan said. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely true. You don't want to patients think, well, I'm only picking this because it's cheap. Okay. Now, if it's cheap and it's effective, hey, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. I think we all have a responsibility to be good stewards of total costs and patients' money. But I think the important thing, back to the underlying question of when should the conversation come up, at some level in my mind, the, the answer to that is, is always. Um, you know, and it's not so much that this drug costs X and this drug costs Y, but a conversation with the patient, and this could occur from a variety of members of the staff potentially, you know, do you have any issues affording your medication? Simply asking the question to know what problem may or may not exist. Um, there are certainly patients who will tell you if they have a problem affording their medication, but there are plenty, frankly, who won't for a variety of reasons. Um, they may feel embarrassed that they can't or something. And if, and if Dr. Jordan or I or anyone else writes a prescription and the patient goes, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay for this. I'm not going to do it. It's up to us to find an alternative 
Um, and unless we raise the issue or make it known that it's acceptable to discuss that issue, patients often won't. Mm -hmm. um, trust is a real issue here as well. Nick uh, Chambers, I want to bring you into this part of it as well. So how does real-time create physician trust through real-time insights and enable these cost conversations? Yeah, you know, before real-time, doctors really had difficulties having these cost conversations with their patients. It was kind of a, a, a wish thing where they would prescribe medications for their patients and hope and wish that the medication was easily dispensed at the pharmacy without any um, sticker shock from the patient or any kind of prior authorization surprises um, at the patient's side, really hurting not only the patient's trust in their provider's ability to, to give them medications that they can actually receive and pay for. Um, and so real-time really allows physicians to understand the cost before patients get to the pharmacy, um, understand if there are any other concerns with that medication. And, and hopefully, and what we're seeing is that, you know, this allows providers to trust more that those medications will be dispensed without any issue and that their patients will stay on those medications without any issue as well. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Blackman, I want to come back to you. So Nick, Nick was talking about that trust factor. So what are the biggest factors then um, that have those patients come back to you that have built you? The trust has been built. They want to they put their trust and faith in you as the prescriber, and now they want to keep taking the medication as prescribed. What have you seen where there has been success? Well, it's certainly been success if you discover that a patient it can't afford what's originally chosen, and then you can find an appropriate, you know, lesser cost alternative, or even, you know, frankly, the real-time information to be able to tell the patient, you know, I understand you usually go to the pharmacy down the street, but if you get it through mail order, it's going to cost you a fraction. Um, all of those little bits make a difference. And certainly, you know, there's some good data, you know, that depending on specialty, you know, looking at those cost alternatives, whether it be pharmacy or, you know, formulary alternatives, you know, the savings can range anywhere from, you know, about $30, $30 or so per prescription in some specialties to over a hundred in others. Um, so we're talking about real money over time for the patient. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jordan, same question for you. Where, where have you seen success? Where has been the factors that have helped you and patients? Well, I think just having the conversation with the patients um, and ensuring, you know, ahead of time, hey, we're writing this medication. Um, and um, if you feel like this is not going to work for you, we know ahead of time that, well, this is going to go to their deductible and they're not going to be able to pay for it. Um, having information real time is is the way is the best way to keep us having efficient visits so that we're not getting callbacks um, from the office or from the patient to the office, or even worse, we don't get any callbacks and they just don't take the medication. Um, so I think that um, starting the conversation like Dr. Blackman had mentioned, uh, especially when you're concerned that you have uh, a price issue or that most commonly people are going to find the price of this particular medication too expensive, having all that data ahead of time and then front loading those uh, concerns in, during the visit certainly makes things smoother down the road. And just, you know, it's just a good part of the visit of and practicing medicine is making sure, hey, that everyone's on the same page. Don't feel like you can't call us if this doesn't work. Um, 
and give them the or empower them to feel comfortable to make decisions and question what's happening if you know for instance oh i couldn't get it and i just didn't do it no call us back let you know we're open for you guys to let us know if there's a snag along the way so we can get you something that that works for you okay and, and making sure that information is accurate and easily available is important. And, and the other piece, the real-time benefits, it's patient-specific um, because, you know, certainly before all of this, patients might ask how much a medicine costs. And, you know, it's almost embarrassing to say, but in a lot of cases, frankly, had no idea um, what, what it cost and, you know, what it costs to that patient, where they are in terms of their plan, deductible, everything else. There's no, there's no way without these systems that any individual could keep up with all that. It would be, it would be impossible. Mm -hmm. Dr. Blackman, we've been talking about the, the cost impact for the patients, but let's talk about the bottom line to the practice as well. How do these conversations, these cost conversations impact your bottom line, the margins, the overhead, anything else cost related for the practice itself? Well, certainly, you know, with, with very few ex exceptions, um, you know, these are prescriptions that are being written that are being sent to a pharmacy. So from the, from the actual cost of the meds, there's no impact to the practice on margin or anything else in terms of what the medications themselves are. In my view, where the implication of the practice comes is some of that rework. As Dr. Jordan was talking about a second ago, you know, sometimes patients don't call when they have a problem, but sometimes they do. Um, and frankly, and to his point, I totally agree. We want them to call when they have a problem. We want to fix it for them. Um, but those calls cost money and they take time. And so if those kind of things can be avoided up front by having that better information, being able to make a more informed decision up front, we save time on the, on the back end. And that really affects not only the patient satisfaction of getting, you know, once and done, to put it in those terms, um, but their ability to, you know, take care of themselves and decrease you know, the burden on the practice, um, which enables us to do other things. Okay. We have been talking in our first major theme here about medication adherence. Uh, now we're gonna go to sort of our theme number two here, staff burden and burnout. I don't need to say anything to the panelists or to our audience. They're well steeped in what's been going on with staff burdens and burnout. Uh, in practices. So Dr. Jordan, I want to start with you. First question here then, what are the keys then to make sure that information presented to prescribers during the prescribing workflow is helpful, <laughs> more, makes things more efficient and not detrimental, not just more administrative overload and overburden there? Yeah, I think um, what Dr. Blackman was touching on is that making sure that it's patient specific. And I think making sure that the information we get is, um, you know, we get inundated with a bunch of alerts, you know, using um, EHR and things like that. So making sure that those alerts will um, grab your attention and that you, you have to stay vigilant so you're not um, just kind of clicking through them out of habit to get them off your screen. And so um, having information that is, is um, personalized to the patient that is pre-populated um, with insurance information and um, being able to cross-reference that with their plan and the drugs that you're trying to use, having all that in real time is probably the, would be the most important thing to 
help us work and see our patients efficiently and have these conversations or provide us with enough time to have conversations that are meaningful because you have all the data right in front of you. Okay. Dr. Blackman, anything you want to add to that as well? No, I think that was well said. Okay. Well, let me, let me turn to you then for our next question. So what workflow steps are being eliminated or reduced because of the availability of more reliable, more accurate prescription benefit information? What, what's going on in those steps? Well, to the degree that one is, was writing something where they were concerned about it, was, was it on formula or not on formula? People may have taken the time to you know, go look it up, whether on a printed list or on more, rec more recent years, obviously, on the insurance company's website. Um, but that takes time. And so often it was like, well, it's probably okay. And send it down, send it through the system and see if it bounces back at you. This eliminates that bounce back piece because you know up front. Um, and equally, you, nobody likes to fill out prior authorization requests. Um, and if you know, there's, a, there's a, an appropriate medical alternative that doesn't have a prior authorization attached to it, um, people will steer in that direction naturally. And that obviously saves time and effort as well and, and likely cost also. Okay. Dr. Jordan, want to add to that as well? No, I think that I think the prior authorization issue is is something that is a big thing for our practice, at least with, um, you know, we have a, a certain segment of the population that has Medicaid. And so uh, in some in some instances you're having um, the medications are the, the formulary is limited um, and that really can be a, a, can create a lot of churn for our staff is trying to making sure that kids are getting the medications that they need and, and going through the process of filling out uh, prior us, you know, so we try and avoid that if we can, but sometimes, you know, we can't and, and it just adds to the burden of burnout for sure. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jordan, how has your practice then been measuring these workflow changes? What are some of the KPIs that you're looking at to make sure when you, when you look at it, you're seeing where things are trending, where things are becoming more efficient, where they're becoming better for your practice and your staff. Well, um, I'm not sure if that applies too much to us. We do monitor our nursing triage uh, callback time and, and how much time is used, spent um, handling issues that we could, um, if we put the time and effort on the front end, could eliminate the churn in the back end. And so, um, but I don't have a specific set of KPIs that we use uh, to measure, you know, how much time this has saved us at this point. Okay. Have you, Dr. Blackman, anything that you're measuring there? Not specifically in that regard, but one thing we, you know, I think we need to look at as we go forward, you know, how many change request messages are coming from pharmacy, you know, not because of, you know, formulary issues or something else, but you know, where the prescription wasn't done appropriately or, or that way, we're not looking at the information the way we should. Um, you know, certainly, you know, as those form as those formulary alternatives are presented, you know, in the middle of a busy day, yes, I was planning on writing drug A, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm just, you know, I'm moving along. But not pausing, you know, if I'm getting lots of messages back about, hey, you really need to switch to B because it's on formulary, or at least not really need to, but consider it. Um, we need to keep track of those to understand where the holes are. Because truthfully, 
as you know, coming certainly from the EHR vendor side, is there something we can do to better present that information so it's presented in a way that's easily visible, understood, um, and not lost in the process? Okay. We've been talking about staff burden and burnout. Now let's shift to our third theme, and that's patient safety. Uh, Dr. Blackman, I want to stay with you for this question. So what implications does medication cost and the time it takes for a patient to begin medication therapy have on patient safety? Well, I think number one is, you know, we're prescribing these medications because we're in the belief that they're going to help with the patient's condition. If they're not getting them for whatever reason, whether it be cost or they're having side effects or something else, there are safety issues there in it implicitly from them not taking the medications, especially not taking the medications as prescribed. Um, so the more that we can, the more things that we can do, whether it's, it's cost or appropriate pharmacies or whatever the case may be, anything that encourages compliance improves patient safety. Okay. Dr. Jordan, where, what have you seen here? Yeah, I think that's the main issue of how that correlates with safety is, is are they going to get the medication? And, and I think the theme here is that if we're able to um, manage the, the, those issues up front, we can ensure that they get the medication and they take it. That's going to be the most effective way of ensuring that what we're treating gets treated. I mean, the, the other thing from a, from a safety standpoint, you know, isn't directly related to cost, but, you know, being able to, to get you know, the, pres the prescription history. Um, from pharmacy benefit managers to understand is there some other medication that this patient may be taking that I should ask about that didn't come up that may interact with something I am writing. So, you know, the ability to see that and ask perhaps more specific questions when appropriate. Okay. Uh, Nick, I want to bring you back in here. So how can providers know the information they're receiving is truly patient specific? Yeah, I, I want to harp on something that Dr. Blackman had just said that, you know, getting the information right from the pharmacy benefit manager, or the PBM, is really important to understand if the patient has, you know, already tried certain drugs or if they should try certain drugs or what drugs they're on currently. Um, and real-time prescription benefit does take that information, the cost information, the prior authorization information, all of it comes from straight from the pharmacy benefit manager who really serves or the entity that serves as a source of truth for these patients. And so um, when it comes to patient safety, you know, SureScripts really believes that getting this information straight from the source is really important to make sure that the accuracy um, is as high as, as it can be. And so that there are no, you know, patient safety concerns or there are no concerns with the information being inaccurate and then potentially leading to bad outcomes for the patient. Okay. Um, I want to turn to you now, Dr. Jordan. So how does specific medication-related benefit plan information help or hinder patient safety? Um, I think the, it still just comes back to cost. I think having that ability to know if they can afford the medication, if it's on the formulary, um, that is the most helpful thing because it, it allows us to spend time treating the patient and not figuring out, you know, which medication we have to use. Um, you know, so in the long run, if you're more efficient, you can see that patient effectively, you can see more patients and treat them more effectively. Um, and not, you know, taking away the burden of getting that information just allows us to treat our patients efficiently, effectively, and, and in the long run, more patients can be seen and treated. 
Okay. Dr. Blackman, anything you want to add to that? I know you had mentioned about prior authorization earlier. I don't know if there's anything in there you wanted to add to it or anything else on this question. No, I think safety comes down to, you know, ensuring patients are getting the right, right things at the, at the right time that we understand, you know, to the best we can anyway, the universe of what they're taking, what they're doing. Uh, so we're not, you know, inadvertently, you know, disrupting that. Okay. Or creating an unknown problem, and certainly bringing able to, you know, having all of that variety of information from the from the PBMs um, is helpful in doing so. Um, you can't sort of go into it, however, assuming that it's necessarily complete. You still need to talk to the patient and, and ask the appropriate questions. Mm -hmm. I want to turn the lens inward again with that bottom line. So. What impact does reducing patient safety risk have on medical practice operations and that bottom line? Dr. Blackman, if you want to take that one first. Yeah, sure. I've always approached you know, things like this and you know, prescribing and the EHR and everything around it is if we do what's right for the patient, everything else will follow. And this is about what's doing what's right for the patient. I mean, certainly, you know, there's potentially, you know, medical legal risk if you, you know, do something completely inappropriate and these may be ways to help that. Um, but as far as operations and the bottom line, it's how do we do the right thing? How do we get the best outcomes we can? Um, because that's what gets patients to come back and frankly, um, refer other patients as well. You know, so, I mean, one is looking to increase the size of one's practice. Okay. Dr. Jordan, your thoughts? Yeah, just the, 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 the idea is to make sure that what you're doing is, you know, I always kind of talk to my staff and to my uh, other colleagues, you know, when we're talking about workflows or what we're doing, the question you're always answering first is what's best for the patient. And so if we can answer that question with um, either having efficiency set up through um, alerts with patient medications or having conversations with them in the beginning so they make sure they get the, they get the treatments they need or um, any other item that makes things more convenient and fast and efficient for us to see patients while putting them in a better position to become healthy or overcome their illness, those are the things that we need to focus on um, as a whole, as a practice. Okay. So I want to go to our, our final theme. It's uh, the administrator challenge, because uh, we know that there are a lot of impediments, a lot of challenges there. Um, Nick, I want to start with you. So if there's one action that you're seeing uh, where these tools can help an administrator or a clinical leader, uh, anything that they could take today to positively impact the everyday prescribing workflow or just help them in any way there, what would that be for you, Nick? Yeah, I think some of the comments that were made earlier on about, you know, consistently asking patients if they have any struggles with paying for their medications um, is really big. Some patients are either afraid to, to say that or don't know that, you know, that's even an option for them to 
to ask the provider for alternatives. Um, some patients may think that you know the medications being prescribed is really the only thing that will help them, and there really aren't even any alternatives available. And so um, I think just having those conversations with patients consistently is important. Um, getting consumers used to real-time prescription benefit, you know, that these tools even exist, is also really important. A lot of patients probably don't even realize that their providers have this ability at this point in time. And so I think that consistency is what I would say is is really important to making sure that um, you know these tools have a positive impact on everyday prescribing. Okay. Dr. Jordan, same question. What's one action an administrator or clinical leader could take today? Um, I think encouraging staff to have, or and the providers to have these conversations at the, during the visit. Um, and, you know, anything you can do to reduce callbacks, you know, so making sure that your providers are checking with the, patient, is this the right pharmacy that I'm sending it to? You know, because sometimes the pharmacy that you're, that they used in the past has changed, you know, um, and, and um, making sure that you review um, their allergies with them, if they have any medications uh, at each visit to ensure that, um, you know, you know what's um, available and what you can use, and then making them feel comfortable with the whole process of being a patient at your office, whether any sort of question that they have, they should be able to uh, feel open and comfortable calling and not have any hindrances, whether it's about cost or time of day they have to take the medication or other issues. Um, we want them to be able to talk to us so that we can facilitate their care um, without any kind of friction, make things as smooth as possible. Okay. Dr. Blackman, you get the final word here. So what's one action you'd uh, suggest administrators or leaders take? Yeah, so I, I want to build on a couple of things that Dr. Jordan said, one that he just said and one that he said earlier. So I'm going to start with the one earlier, which is that there is sometimes noise from alerts. So how do we you know, get the alerts tuned as, as appropriately as possible? And the other um, was about having the right data in the system. All of the things we're talking about are tools. And those tools are most effective when they have the right data fed into them, whether it be the right insurance information or the right pharmacy information. Um, but if I had to pick one additional thing beyond that, that you know, a practice can do, it's keep your medalists accurate. The more accurate the medalists are, the better the decision support will be, the less noise that will come from what people would then describe as an inappropriate alert. Um, the, and there's you know, cognitive overload throughout, but the more we can help improve that uh, by decreasing the alerts, presenting things that people truly find of value, uh, the better off we're all gonna be and the better outcomes we'll get for patients. All right, well, Dr. Michael Blackman, Dr. Mike Jordan and Nicholas Chambers, I wanna thank you all three so much for joining the MGMA Insights podcast today and sharing these thoughts with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our expert guest, Mike Jordan, MD, FAAP, President and CEO of Eastlake Pediatrics. Dr. Michael Blackman, Chief Medical Officer at Greenway Health. And Nicholas Chambers, SureScripts Senior Product Analyst. 
We also want to thank Nuance and OnSite Women's Health for sponsoring this week's show. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient's story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care. Discover how DAX provides a better patient experience and eliminates afterward documentation. Visit nuance.com DAX on demand to see DAX in action and explore how DAX can transform your organization. Breast cancer will impact one in eight women. Onsite Women's Health provides healthcare practices and providers with the ability to bring screening mammography in-house. Partnering with Onsite allows more women to keep up with their annual screening and gives anyone impacted by breast cancer a fighting chance. Learn more at onsitewomenshealth.com. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.